Hey mama, do you find yourself wishing you knew you were on the right path with your business or wanting to know how to do it all as a work at home mom and entrepreneur? If you struggle with imposter syndrome, mom guilt, or fear of failure, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Alexia, a Christian mindset coach, passionate about teaching moms how to renew their minds to find success both in business and motherhood. You can overcome the negative thoughts holding you back from fully stepping into your calling. I know what it's like to worry your business will never work, to feel mom guilt every time you work on your business, to realize your mindset is hindering you, but not knowing how to change it in a Christ-centered way. I created the Mom with a Calling podcast to teach you how to use the powerful combination of God's Word and proven mindset strategies to help you break free from negative, paralyzing thoughts and gain clarity and confidence to go where God is leading you. As you step out of the old way of thinking and into God's way, you'll find more peace, joy, and purpose. Pop in those earbuds and get ready to let God work in you so he can work through you. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Mama with a Calling podcast. I'm Alexia, your host. Today, I'm bringing you another interview with a woman named Shiloh Esther. I'm excited for you to hear her story because even though you know, it's talking about becoming a Christian children's author. Um, Even if you're not interested in writing books or becoming an author, I think it's a great story to hear her process. And so I asked her a, a number of questions about her process and how she figured out what to do next and how she was following God through the whole thing. And, um, just her mindset right along the way and how she overcame those hurdles. So I hope this episode is encouraging to you. Before we get into that interview, I want to remind you that if you have not grabbed the new freebie, the Biblical Mindset Starter Guide for Christian Entrepreneurs, you should get that. So this is a just a free guide that I put together that is going to help you to um, understand the the biblical mindset and what that means when I say that, how to stop letting emotions keep getting in the way from your calling, right? That fear, those doubts, those kinds of things. You want to start to see where the mindset blocks are actually showing up in your life. And there's five major areas that happens in. So in this guide, I go over those five areas and help you to start seeing what the mindset blocks might be and how to start rewiring your thoughts to reflect biblical truth instead so that you can start to work on your mindset and just take those confident steps as you're following where God is leading you to go. So if you're interested in that, go to mamawithacalling.com slash mindset guide. One word, I also put this in the in the description below. And you can just grab that. It's free. It's a PDF. You can access it instantly. And um, I would just love for you to grab that if you haven't already. All right, let's get into the interview with Shiloh Esther. Welcome back to another episode of the Mama with a Calling podcast. Today I have on the show Shiloh Esther. Um, She is fueled by an unwavering love for Jesus and has become a beloved pastor, leads a women's ministry and an unexpected favorite Sunday school teacher to many little ones. She is a creative, a musician, and a serial entrepreneur with several businesses, and she actually left fashion school to answer God's call on her life to ministry. So welcome to the show, Shiloh. Thank you so much, Alexia. I am so excited to be here today, and thank you for giving me this wonderful opportunity, and I can't wait for us to get in and to talk all things women's ministry. Yes, I'm excited because you just published this new children's book, which is this fun retelling of like Noah's Ark. Um, Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about that. But I'm excited to talk to you about how 
how God called you to write this book? Because I know there are going to be people that are listening that either they thought about writing a book and they have no idea how to get started, or it might inspire them to be like, wait a minute, that's a thing. Like you can do that. So Mm -hmm. I think that'll be a fun conversation. So to get us started, can you tell us, um, you know, how you were led to write this book? Like what's it about and how you were led to write it? Absolutely. So I actually have a copy of it right here. Um, But this is the book and it's about Noah's Ark. And uh, the book was birthed during the pandemic that happened in 2019. And at the time, I was not trying to write a children's book. But, you know, with God, he has a habit of sneaking up on you and catching you completely by surprise. So, Uh, you know, we're in the middle of the pandemic, everybody's stuck indoors and stuck at home. And I just woke up one day and wrote four lines of a rhyme. And I come from a musical family. um, But growing up, I was always more interested in drawing and painting. My dad is a jazz musician. um, But, you know, he tried for years to get me on the music bandwagon. But you know, it wasn't happening. So uh, I just woke up, I wrote the four lines. And I was like, you know what, this, this sounds fun, sounds like, you know, something I, you know, you know, sometimes with creative people being a creative, you can start working on something. And then you, it's like a spark of creativity Mm -hmm. happens in the moment. So I wrote the first four lines. And then the following day, I wrote almost uh, two thirds of the story. And at the time I was just envisioning what little kids were going through being stuck at home, you know, not understanding why they couldn't go outside and play with their friends. And, you know, just parents having to explain to their kids that, no, you can't do this, you can't do that, you know, because it's not safe outside. So just all the emotions surrounding that season um, and just all the things that you know, families were processing. So that that's what sparked the create, you know, the create your creativity and the idea for the book. So when I wrote it, um, I had no intention of keeping it or turning it into a book. And I think two days later, I received a phone call from somebody that I know. And for some reason, that particular day, we started talking about reading to children, because they were reading, you know, to their grandkids. So Um, So we're talking about children's books and stuff. So I just jokingly said, you know what, you called me when I was in the middle of trying to delete. Um, I have like an audio, you know, that's on my phone. And I was actually trying to get rid of it because I don't have space on my phone. And, you know, we joked about how they kind of disturbed me when I was in the middle of trying to get rid of it. So so they were like, wait a minute, can you send it to me? And I was like, "Um, no, (laughs) you know, it's just something silly that I made. And they were like, no, seriously, can you send it to me? So I sent it to them um, and I forgot about it. But apparently that evening they had, you know, some people over at their house, their family, and they played the audio in front of everybody. So everybody literally stopped what they were doing, including the kids. And everybody was like, who is that, you know? And so they called me back immediately and they were like, uh, what is it going to take for you to turn this into a full blown book? And how soon can you finish it? So three years later, you know, here we are. Um, It's a full blown book. And the funny thing is, um, it took me a while to find the right illustrator. And when I found her, she had just gotten married. 
And then she got pregnant and then I had to wait for her to have a baby. So I literally waited a year, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, for her because I didn't want to work with anybody else. But um, I think what's amazing is that, uh, you know, God has a habit, like I said, of catching you completely by surprise. And he often uses the foolish things, you know, of the world to shame the wise, you know, that I had no background in writing for children. I had never written a children's book. I didn't even know how to find the right illustrator, but it's like God just allowed everything to fall into place, you know, according to his plan, according to his purpose. So yeah, and then here we are. (laughs) It just sounds, I mean, you did allude to some of it, like not knowing what to do, but it's also so, I love how, you know, the pandemic time where everybody was kind of isolated was in a lot of ways terrible. But in a lot of ways, God just used that for good. Like there are so many things. Yes. There have been multiple authors on, on this podcast. And I've just heard of other people talking about how during that time they felt led to do something, whatever that is, write a book or, you know, make some big change, um, especially like you said, with the, with the children and how to help them process. So mm-hmm. I just love that. But it also, you know, it's like, so when they called you back, and they said, turn this into a book. You could have been like, no. So what did you run into any um, mindset blocks? Were like, were you afraid of this? Like imposter syndrome? Like, I can't write books. Like, did you go through any of that? And if so, how did your, how did you get through that? And how did your faith come into play along the way? So here's the funny thing um, is sometimes there are things that were, they're gifts that God has given us and we all carry treasure, you know, on the inside of us and something that God, God has made a deposit, you know, in our lives. And a lot of times we go through life, just going through the motions and doing, you know, what we have to do every day. And there are certain, there are certain things that God has hidden on the inside of us. You know, the Bible talks about how it's the glory of God to conceal a thing, but it's a glory, it's the glory of Kings to search it out, you know, to find out what, what is it that God has hidden on the inside of me? So for me personally, when they called me, um, I've actually read to more than 4,000 children and, you know, I've done ministry to kids for years and I've read, you know, bedtime stories to countless kids. And a lot of times the children will say again, again, and I'm reading the same book like six times, Mm -hmm. you know, but I never imagined that, you know, something that I love doing, you know, could actually become a book, that it was a treasure that God had put on the inside of me. So, yeah. So I think sometimes there are things in our lives that we, you know, because we are so familiar with it, or it's something that comes easy to us, you know, or something that we we may feel is not as, you know, doesn't look as flashy or as amazing as somebody else who maybe does the same thing, but, you know, it's a, it's still a treasure that God has put on the inside. So yeah. you, you're, so that's beautiful and true. But so at that moment, when they called you back, like you knew you're like, this is the thing, this is the treasure. I, honestly, I didn't know. I had no idea, but they, I mean, they had seen me, you know, ministering to children and just being nurturing um, and they had even watched me at, at one time reading to their grandkids and how they were so excited, like hearing me read in character. Like one of the things I had no idea about was that I had a voiceover talent. And I, I, I know, <laughs> you know, no, and, yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, it had to take them pushing me because at first I I was like, well, no, I can't do that. Like, I've never written a book. You know, I, I don't know how that goes. <laughs> you know, what if people are like, what is this girl doing? You know, so mm -hmm. there was an element of, you know, there are other people that have been doing this for a long time. I don't know what I'm doing. But even within the process um, of making mistakes, um, I allowed God's strength to be perfected in my weakness. And it was in that place that I learned, you know, to, to trust God um, and to trust that he was the one who gave the idea and he would provide, you know, whether the, it was wisdom or provision, um, you know, and everything that was required for the, the book to manifest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, you said it took a, a while for it to come to pass. So there had to be, you know, sometimes when we do, you know, I talk to people who do a lot of online business, um, but it could be just the same as like art or something or pursuing something that it's got a, like the end goal, I guess, is way far away. <laughs> and so when we're doing that, if we don't have that belief that God has put that there, that he has commissioned that in us, that, he, you know, this book was was put in your heart. And then you had this confirmation from others, like, Hey, this needs to be a thing um, mm. to be able to keep going when like, like you said, the illustrator or like all the hurdles along the way, like to keep going, to have it come to pass three years later um, mm. requires that. I mean, that, that like faith that God did that, you know, it wasn't just some random like, Oh, well, I guess that was a fun idea for a book and then just kind of ditch it. Would you say that's true? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, with you saying that, so there was some, you know, additional stuff that happened after that, where I wrote the book, but it wasn't finished. And because, you know, with creative people, you start something and then you, you know, you lose interest and you want to move on to the next thing. <laughs> yeah, so I, um, I wrote, you know, most of the book, but it ended, um, like it ended at a scene where Noah was you know, the, all the animals were gathered around and he was telling them, you got, you know, you have to stop being naughty. We're here because of God's plan. But I didn't finish. Like I basically the book was unfinished. And part of the reason why is, you know, I ran out of the funding for the book and I was like, God, I'm tired. You know, I, I don't have the resources anymore. <laughs> I've made so many boo-boos throughout this process. Um, but it was at that point that I, I saw the hand and the provision of God when I had reached the end of myself and when I had gotten to the point where I stopped trying to do things in my own strength. Um, you know, like uh, an example. Uh, so last year I had those two pages that needed to be completed. I didn't have the resources. So I was at somebody's house and I had a prototype of the book. And, you know, that day I was like, you know what, I, I, I want to test you know, the book on, I had been testing the book on about 30, 30 kids, you know, because we needed to finish the last two pages. But, you know, because I, I was, I was so worried about the finances, it was blocking my creative, you know, my ability, my creative process. So, um, you know, I'm at somebody's house and then, you know, one of their little two-year-old was like, oh, you know, she was going through my purse. What's this? I would love for you to read me this book. So, you know, her mom had no idea. She was taking an afternoon nap. So I pull out the book and then I'm putting her down for her nap. 
And I started reading the book to her. So her mom had actually been on the phone, but she came and she stood at the door and I didn't know she was at the door. And she overheard me reading the book to her daughter. So her daughter was giggling, you know, and responding to all the little characters and pointing to the animals. And her daughter actually asked me about a scene in the book and was like, why isn't this here in the book? This is a two-year-old. And in that I saw, like, it's almost like I saw God answering certain questions that I had about the story. And it's almost like God was using a two-year-old to help complete the story. And uh, to cut a long story short, the mom loved the book so much that um, she pulled me aside after I, you know, put her, her daughter down for her nap and was like, um, why isn't this book? Like, why can't we buy this? Where is it available? And I, and I told her it's not available right now. She's like, well, why isn't it available? And she asked me for like more than a week every day, why isn't this available? And <laughs> so eventually I told her why, you know, and she was like, well, let's finish it. Let's finish the book. You know, I, I, I'm going to help you. Let's finish the book. So the reason I'm sharing that story is I know that sometimes people have visions and ideas that God has given them, but sometimes something that holds you back is not having the resources, you know, but hey, if it's God's vision, he's going to take care of the provision, um, you know, and sometimes in our creative process, when God gives us ideas, um, sometimes things like fear, you know, or trying to do things in your own strength gets in the way of you hearing clearly from God about the next step of what you're supposed to do. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that, because I think that that's, that's definitely going to resonate with people because like you said, like two things, one, we get like on one path and then we're like, I'm bored. <laughs> I don't want to do that anymore. And it's almost yeah. like, you don't want to finish it. Or like you said, you've been working on it for a while. The excitement of something new can drive you and like, ooh, ooh, ooh. but then it's like, yeah, when you're toward the end, it, it, it's hard to keep going. Um, yeah. But then the other part about the finances, like just saying like, you know, thank you for sharing that and being vulnerable about that because that's reality. And, yeah. and, and even like in your story, I kind of, I don't, I'm not trying to project, but it's like, you didn't want to share necessarily why, because maybe there was some shame there or something, but it's like, when you actually were willing to say something, the person's like, like they might be willing to fund it or, or you just mm -hmm. never know. And like you said, that was a really great point about getting to the end of yourself, like your ability, the provision, um, seeing that God is, is wanting this to happen, but also on this side of it, knowing that it's from God, like you having that confirmation that if you had just had the funds and it all worked out and it was all perfect, um, so you wouldn't think it was from God, but maybe like you just have that extra like encouragement there along the way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, cause sometimes when it happens in your own strength, you miss out on an opportunity to see the miraculous working power of God. You know, you miss out on an opportunity to see just how good he is you know, mm -hmm. that he would have somebody call me in the middle of me deleting something from my phone, right? Um, <laughs> you know, and then now it's a book, but also have the little two-year-old go through my purse and then she finds my book. I, I didn't, I had not planned on reading it to her, but she, you know, went through my purse and found it. And then 
that led to, you know, her mother saying, no, I would like to step in and make sure that this book is, is finished. You know, like God has such a sense of, of humor. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I just think that, um, you know, in those moments when we get to that point, it it's really easy. And I don't know if you went through this, but to almost think like either start doubting that it was God in the first place. Like if it was, then why, why am I running into this wall? Where's the money um, basically to keep going or to keep paying me to be able to do this thing, um, to put time and energy into that or to feel shame. Like I messed up. There's no, you know, like I did something wrong. Um, and, and people will get, I know I've talked to clients about this and, and I just hear people say this, they'll get stuck right there and mm. they have a chance, like a, a decision to make in that moment. It's either to turn away from the whole thing. And maybe you do for a little bit of a season. I feel like I I did that for a season when, and with my business, I like sort of was like, I don't know, I don't know what's going on, but then it was like, if God, God will pull you back. Like if you're listening to him, if you're willing to be open to that, like you're saying, like, you know, this, this little um, child reading, like asking these questions, you, it's like, God also opened your eyes to see that it was the answers to how to finish the book and, and all of that. So I just, um, it's just so interesting that no matter what the project is, whether it's a business, whether it's a book that, you know, the, the, like the things we go through are, are very similar. Like you said, working out of when you're not doing it out of your own strength, we have to show up and we have to work and we have to do things. But Mm -hmm. when we, you know, in those moments where God kind of um, helps us see that he is in this and like puts us back in our, I don't say puts us in our place, but just helps us from getting too overly confident in our ability to do this thing. Of course. Cause you know, like I said at the beginning, he has a track record of using the foolish things to shame Mm -hmm. the wise, the weak things to shame the strong and the things that are not to bring to nothing, the things that are, you know, so no man can boast in his presence. You know, that's a scripture from first Corinthians. And, you know, I mean, you can look at, you can see that track record, even in the Bible, the foolishness of Gideon, the foolishness Mm -hmm. of Esther, you know, the foolishness of Mary, you know, this little 16 year old girl, you know, uh, there's so many, the foolishness of David, who went up against Goliath, you know, this giant that, you know, everybody, including all these kings and these powerful people were terrified of, you know, and God just used those little smooth stones, you know, so it's, it's always a great opportunity for him to be glorified, you know, when he uses the the foolishness of what you have, what you think is little is more than enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Things that we would deem as that can't possibly be. Yeah. He, he turns it around. Everything in the kingdom is like flipped upside down. Um, <laughs> okay. So on the practical side, I just wanted to ask this question for anybody who's interested. Um, sure. After you knew that you wanted to write the book, what did you do next? How did you get started? How did you go about finding an illustrator and doing those things? If you don't mind sharing a little bit of that process. Absolutely. So an important thing was, um, identifying what kind of rhyme I had written the book in. I think that's important because they're different styles of writing for children and also different types of rhyme. So like I mentioned before, uh, you know, my I come from a family of musicians. And if I had, you know, at the time shown it to my 
my father, he would have been like, oh, okay, this is this rhyme, you know, but I had no idea what kind of rhyme I had written. And I had to, um, I have a cousin who's here in America, and I had to get them to look at what I had written and tell me, you know, exactly what kind of rhyme meter it was, um, you know, so that I would have a level of consistency in the story. So it wouldn't just be all over the place. Um, thankfully, by the grace of God, what I had written, actually, <laughs> it flowed, it actually surprisingly flowed really well when I showed it to, you know, somebody who's a very experienced musician. Um, and then also a big thing is um, checking, um, like having somebody like an editor look at the story, because uh, I think I had about three or four edits um, to kind of go through the story, make sure that, you know, grammatically it's sound. And then also with finding an illustrator, I recommend platforms like Behance or Dribble. Um, I know people opt for places like Upwork and Fiverr, no offense to Upwork and Fiverr, but I feel like the people that really understand the process, because there's a process to creating illustrations and um, the, uh, the artists that have gone to maybe four-year college, they have a degree, and they have been taught about the process, you tend to be able to find them on places like Behance, Instagram, and Dribble. So make sure you check, you know, the artist's background. Um, I know I went through a bunch of artists, like my little Noah went through a lot. Like he was a short, super chubby dude who didn't have a neck. Um, and then he was too young and he was a slim, tall dude, uh, you know, but I had to find the right person who could capture the character, the personality, you know, that I was looking for. Um, but also somebody who was able to create illustrations that would be, um, that would draw children. Because children can tell, you know, especially looking at the eyes of a character, whether, you know, that character is welcoming and um, mm -hmm. endearing. Yeah, so little details like that. And then also the animals, I had to study um, characteristics of animals um, because I had a lot of animals in the book on the arc. So I had a lot of alliteration, um, you know, the, the, the sneaky snakes or the mischievous monkeys. So I had to do a little bit of reading on, you know, animal characteristics. And then also, I think the most important thing is praying about it, um, you know, because God amazingly brings the right people um, on your path. Like when you make him part of the, the process of whatever it is you're doing. Um, a big thing that really helped me is I have a background in design. So I also studied, uh, besides fashion, I did a double major, like a double degree in um, graphic design as well. So I have a background in branding, um, you know, like understanding how colors look and all of that. But the nice thing is with where we are right now with access to the internet, if that's not your strength, there are so many resources and people out there that can that can help you. Um, and also joining platforms. Uh, there are so many platforms uh, and groups, some of them on Facebook, where literally you can post a picture of your book or a prototype. And there are other authors and illustrators on there that can chime in and give you, you know, tips, you know, change mm -hmm. the color of this, do this, this looks better, try this font. Um, and also, um, you know, places on where, like, uh, one of the frustrating things for me was trying to find 
uh, a, a printer to print the book because you know printing is very expensive in America because um, you print it but then by the time that you sell it you don't make anything so trying to find you know the right printers and if you're going to have them printed in Korea or in China like are all the pages going to be in the book like is the book going to have a cover so <laughs> yeah so just all those little things but my my biggest encouragement is get around other creative people um, don't be afraid to collaborate and don't have this idea that, you know, everybody's going to steal your ideas, um, you know, because there's probably somebody who's thought of it somewhere in the world. But, you know, God is wanting you to 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 do it, but to add a unique flavor to it. Um, that's mm -hmm. unique to you. Um, and also, you know, trademark and copyright stuff. If you feel that your idea, you know, has the potential to become a brand, you know, those are all you know, things to to think about and also surround yourself with people that um, have strengths where you have weaknesses. So, you know, whether it's somebody who's great at marketing or accounting or, you know, editing, all those different things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you choose to self-publish the book or did you find a publisher? So I had found some potential publishers uh, but I decided to opt with self-publishing simply because it was, number one, my first book for children, certainly not my last. And then uh, secondly, I was kind of testing the waters because I did talk to uh, somebody who was in the publishing industry who told me that with kids books, whenever you go through a publisher, uh, they tend to want, especially if it's the bigger publishing companies, they tend to want to choose the illustrator for you. So you don't mm -hmm. have as much you know, say, and sometimes they can change the title of your book, they can change how your story flows. So you don't have total, you know, control on the end product. So I just wanted to be able to experiment, you know, so yeah. <laughs> well, that's something that I've heard a lot. And that's why I asked that because I've heard from, I have friends who self-publish and then I have, I know people who have also gone traditional publishing yeah. And it's like, even though traditional publishing seems exciting and seems like you're going to have more reach. I mean, like you're, you're going on podcasts and you're doing a book tour. Like you can set that up yourself. Um, mm -hmm. You can put out your own content. But I think when people go the traditional route, like you're saying, you lose like the, the rights to the book, they can change the story. And when we feel like it's something that God gave, like I had a friend who, who did a book. And then when the, the publishers kind of got a hold of it with the editor. It, it like, she's like, but God gave me that, that way to write that. And you want to balance it with wisdom, right? That there's an editor, there's, there's things to help it flow. But when they take away the voice mm -hmm. of what you originally intended, that can, it, it was hard. It was really hard to kind of, um, you know, it kind of deflated her for a little bit. So I just wanted to talk about that because yeah, with self-publishing, you get to decide, like you said, the illustrator, like you had a vision for this and to see those two things paired required you to, to have it stay in your own hands. Yes. And also um, another thing is sometimes you can find a publisher, uh, like a publishing company, and maybe it's not a Christian company. So maybe some of the things that are included on your book, um, they may say, well, this is not inclusive enough. You know, we need more right. inclusive content and maybe there are things that are not biblical that they want to add um, into the book. So those are things to watch out for. And also, 
Um, I was so, so blessed to have the illustrator that I had because she was a mom and had kids that were in the age group that I was wanting to write for. And Mm -hmm. um, she's also a Christian. So that made, I mean, it made life so easy, you know, (laughs) know, like I I could just be myself around her. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, definitely with the the publishing front um, and also the publishing space is, is changing so much. There are a lot of authors that are now starting their own publishing, you know, consultation businesses where they are helping other authors. Uh, and so, you know, it's, things are shifting, things are changing, you know, because people now have access to so much information on the internet. And then there's AI as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I, I would recommend if you're working on, a, on your first book, I would recommend that you go with um, self-publishing just so you can figure things out and, you know, see how the industry works. And then maybe for a second or a third, you can reach out to a publisher. But again, like you said, you have to be careful um, because they can, you know, put water on your fire. Um, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, so why do you think that kids and families need good books about God's truth? Like, what's the big overall vision for what you see this book and your future books doing? I think it's so important because, um, you know, there's so much stuff that kids are exposed to now in culture that is not biblical. Um, And there are so many things out there that, you know, are causing kids to question their identity. Um, you know, whether they're a boy or a girl, uh, there are things that are causing them to, you know, question their faith, what they believe, um, you know, and just so many things that are causing confusion, you know, and God is not the author of confusion. So I think it's so necessary. I think uh, as we need more Christian authors to step out and to write children's books, because I had a uh, mom recently reached out to me, um, and the review is actually on Amazon if somebody wants to read it, but she wrote a long review um, on the book, and she was saying, um, thank you so much for writing this story in such a funny and an endearing way, because a lot of times you read Bible stories, you know, and they're written traditionally, but sometimes it's hard for kids to um, to relate, you know, to the story, given the culture, given the environment, given where we are right now, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because, you know, 10 minutes ago, she was watching something on television, you know, maybe a secular cartoon, I won't name channels, but like a secular cartoon or whatever. Um, And then it's bedtime. And now she's reading, you know, uh, one of the Bible stories about David. So I mean, it's traditionally written, but you know, kids love stuff they have a sense of humor. They love stuff that's relatable. They want to see a little raccoon, um, you know, wearing a little outfit, um, you know, a little raccoon that doesn't want to wake up and go to school in the morning. They want, you know, they want, they want stories that, um, you know, speak to where they are, um, you know, and that are relatable and stories that are, that encourage them, you know, because they have emotions and, you know, they process you know, certain things throughout the day, they have things that concern them, and they have questions about God, you know, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I love that, because I'm just thinking about, my, I have my son seven, and 
when he was probably four, it was probably around the same time um, that I had this idea because I would tell stories to him at night and I would kind of make them up and I didn't realize I don't have a voiceover talent, but I do read in a way that's not like robotic. Like some people, my husband tries to read and I'm like, you're so boring. Like you can't read like that. And so like the way I read it, I just feel like I'm, he's engaged in the story. And, and I had this idea for this story. I was like, if I could, cause I kept saying the same story out loud, I'm making it up. And um, I wanted to like put it into a book, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like God inspired. I thought it was a cool idea. So I didn't like go with that. But my, but I remember when I was reading some of the children's Bibles to him, I had these thoughts. I was just like, I want, I kept inserting <laughs> like thoughts and ideas because I, in my own Bible study and what I talk about on the podcast a lot is, is taking these stories that you're reading about. And then it's not just way back then. It's not just something about someone else, but how do we then take that and find the truth in it for us? And mm-hmm. so as I would read things, I would, I would say extras to my, to my son to try to help him like, Whoa, do you think that, you know, David was really scared or, uh, you know, whatever, whatever the questions were to get him to realize the bigger picture, like, doesn't this sound like something to you? Um, Mm -hmm. And I always thought like, it would be so, and I mean, it's still in my mind, it's on my computer, you know, an idea, but to write like those, those Bible stories are like, it's almost like a Bible for kids to help them understand um, how God thinks about them and how um, they're perceived. But I just think, you know, we, it's so true that we don't think about the power of story and Mm how, um, you know, maybe I don't say kids get forgotten, but stories are so powerful for kids. It's not just for fun. It, like you say, like you're saying, it teaches them something. Every story is teaching them something, no matter who's telling it. Right. And so if we can, God will, you know, put those on people's heart to, to write stories for kids, to speak to them. Like he cares about them, obviously. Um, and, and giving them that information, like there's, and there's some um, I don't want to call out names, but there's over here on the shelf because I pulled it to the side because I got this children's storybook Bible and I was reading one of the stories and I was like, that is wrong. <laughs> that is very wrong. They took the whole one of the parables and they like put a terrible ending on it. And I just remember reading it and I told my son, I was like, actually, they they made a mistake um, and I had to fix it. But like even still, you know, just. I don't know, making sure that what we're sharing is, um, is obviously biblical, but yeah, I don't know. It's just exciting to me to think about, um, how God can use that. So what are you working on now? That's exciting for you. Are you going to do another book? Do you have anything else in the works? Well, absolutely. I would love to do a whole series of books. Um, I mean, there are hilarious stories in the Bible. Um, I mean, there's mm-hmm. some pretty funny stories in the Bible. And I know kids have questions, you know, about even about David and Goliath and about Vashti mm-hmm. and Esther uh, and just even about Adam and Eve, you know. And I feel like kids have such a wild imagination, you know. And uh, I know that God has put adults in children's lives to nurture them and to raise them in the fear of the Lord, but to help fill in gaps you know, for questions that they may have about the word of God. So yeah, definitely, I would love to write more books. I actually want to do animations for kids, mm-hmm. um, you know, because, you know, I want them to watch things that are clean, that are fun, and things that, you know, will help them learn scripture um, mm-hmm. in a very fun and a compelling way. So yeah. 
Yeah. Do you feel like, um, is, do you feel like this is the direction of your career now, or is it just like a subset of what you're working on? I think, or do you not know? (laughs) Um, I think it's a subset, you know, it's all part of, I know God has called me to a family ministry. Um, so, you know, still doing the ministry to women and I am an entrepreneur. I run several businesses. I, you know, I'm in the marketing uh, and design space as well. Uh, but I do know that God has given me a heart for for little ones, for children. And, you know, and also having ministered to so many, um, it's given me the opportunity to see things that they love, things that they don't love, you know, questions that they have. And I believe that, you know, God allowed me to experience that as a part of my calling. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so I know for sure that I'm I'm nurturing, that God has placed me as a, I'm not a mom yet, but, you know, physically, but that I'm, that my role is, is, is to nurture. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I feel like it's part of the creative side is that we're going to have our hands kind of in everything. Um, yeah. And that, yeah, it's like, we're not going to just do the one thing. <laughs> it's like there's going to be a number of things you're doing. Um, yeah. So where can people get in touch and learn more about you and where can they get the book? Um, of course. So you can find me at shiloester.com and that's Shiloh, S-H-I-L-O-H, and then Esther's E-S-T-H-E-R.com. Um, so that's my website. You can reach out to me there or via email info at shilohester.com or official shilohester at gmail.com. And the book is available on Amazon, uh, but we're also working on a coloring book and also some other fun goodies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll be selling those on the website soon. Oh, that's fun. Okay, I'll put those links in the description below. Thank you for being here. This has been a great conversation. And I'm just excited to see what else, what other books you come out with. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I absolutely love talking to you today. Thanks for listening to the Mama with a Calling podcast. As always, you'll find the show notes for today's episode at mamawithacalling.com slash podcast. Really quick before you head out, are you loving these episodes? To make sure this podcast gets in the ears of as many mamas as possible, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. I'm going to be reading your reviews on the podcast, so I can't wait to hear from you. Also, if you know someone that needs to hear these episodes, grab a screenshot and share it on Instagram. And don't forget to tag me at Mama with a Calling so I can share it in my stories. Until next time, keep pursuing your calling.